ATS Live is brought to you by Swellian Partners Billabong and Billabong Rubber, the Weddies, the best Weddies out there, the Furnace, the Absolute, the Revolution. They're all still available right now online at billabong.com. And you know that second cold snap is coming. Don't get too warm. Don't fool yourself. Jump online. Get that rare, epic graphene technology that only the bong can give you. Lobby wears it. Our cow wears it. Macy cow wears it. He Ewing wears it. Billabong Weddies available now. Get rid of that stretched, stinky, rancid, flaky weddy and get into some Billabong rubber today. Hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and I ask people gonna find me, because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit. You know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the cool back, drop down, say bah. Well, I'll tell you, still, I did travel some humongous waves. Oh, cast the paper thing? Oh, that looks good, Alvin. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back. <laughs> Get a haircut. Yeah, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking segment. Rah. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Piece Award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro-dosing, Simi And I'm joined here, as always, by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, and Waves Magazine, Vaughn, Rinsed Corn, Deadly. G'day, Smithy. How are you, brother? Yeah, not too bad. How are you, brother? No complaints, brother. No complaints, brother. Hey. Nice little shred with uh, O'Leary's he brought. Oh, and 50,000 of our other best mates. It was great. Yep. Nice to share the lineup, though. A couple of little drainers at a secret, top secret North Coast point that mm. nobody knows about. That's right. Appeared in a couple of Greeno flicks way back in the day. I don't think anyone's seen it since, but geez, Lokes are onto it. One, one bloke actually said to me out there, he was like, man, every half decent surfer in this entire town is out here right now. Yeah. Yeah. The level is high. And that's a beautiful thing sometimes because uh, there's just, everyone knows. How the lineup works, the, the etiquette is in uh, just peak condition. You know, no mm. one's fading, snaking. There's no carry on. There's respect for everyone's abilities and the yeah. the unspoken rules of the shred. Yeah, and mate, I didn't see a single like I saw a couple of burns out there, hectic ones on good sets where there was proper little drain pipes going. Mm. Everyone wore it. It's it cool, man. Yeah, I didn't yeah, see too a, many. Culture's changing, man. Maybe. Wonder if it's if we're having an effect on on this whole this whole localism thing. Yeah, whether it's like not as as intense as it used to be or something. I don't know. Well, it's interesting. Like I feel like it depends on the lineup and the beach. Like you know, if there's a high level of surfing, generally everyone behaves because like you're just shamed by any kookish mm. behaviour. Yeah, uh, as you should be. Yeah, uh, like you, you feel great shame. 
if you come up with some shocking read and stuff some guy in the pit or, uh, you know, just crudely snake someone or get in someone's way. Um, so it's like the better the level of surfing, the better the etiquette yeah. I, I tend to find. Whereas you go to places like Snapper, um, you know, the, the inner city Sydney, Bondi, stuff like that, mm. and you're just dealing with flapping kooks who yeah. don't even know they're doing anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And turns what, into, and, but still, turns in, into a still enforcing, still trying to enforce. Yeah, of course. Ah! Of course I enforce. Ah! Yeah, yeah, much to the chagrin of my cortisol levels and uh, yeah. central nervous system. But yeah, for many years. But no, uh, very decent uh, Gentile behaviour, I thought, at that place. Interesting mm. as well, the amount of injuries. Like, no, nothing too severe or sinister, but just after we spoke about the frequency of yeah. freak incidents. Man, we we went out and we surfed some like Kira-esque, like 90s Kira roping f- four foot by three foot wide mm. fucking closeouts, basically yeah. 99% closeouts. And the amount of carnage people getting hit by their own boards, it was wild. Like, like, I caught one. I caught one. I snapped, snapped the, the nose of my, snapped yep. that much. Nose off on my uh, elbow, and thank God it was only that much nose, not Parco's nose, because I would have broken my arm, Smithy. Jeez. Yeah, I snapped a <laughs> fin out in my ass cheek and uh, cracked a rail of my wrist. And uh, yeah, there goes the uh, the brand new Earn Burn, Ian Burn 6 6 uh, channel bottom twin. What a oh. fucking magic contraption it was, yeah. too. So it's out of order. It's uh, got to go to the mechanics or something to get that fixed. There's my Ernie over there, mate. But yeah, I right saw there. you know one of the other Groms out there. Scrapper, I think his name is. Little redhead O'Neill kid. Fucking lose a chunk of hair to the tail of his board. And uh, you know people getting uppercutted and sconed and yeah. poked and jabbed yeah. and biffed all over the joint. It's weird, eh? Like uh, Connor was saying that he surfed out there. It was a bit smaller the day before and he couldn't even get into him. And they're the dangerous days, man. That mm. when that little like when it bottoms out and it's compact sand and you're just getting fully punched into the bottom, and uh, your board just tends to whip way faster. There's not enough room uh, on those sorts of like you know rainy little below sea level low tide banks where you can kind of get away from it. Mm. So as soon as you come off, you, you you're doing that underwater karate, trying yeah. to like protect <laughs> your head. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's like a <laughs> double dragon or something. Yeah, it is. And at the same time, you're looking at these waves and you're like, it's sand bottom. It's a four foot. Yeah, it's, like, it's perfect. It's, it's like, perfect. Sure, I can get into one of these things. <laughs> so uh, good to hear Conor O'Leary saying that because, yeah, I was feeling like a fucking kook for getting stuck up the top of these things and then just dropping down the cupped out bit and yeah. flogged and whipped it up. Did you get to uh, fall to the knees and worship at the uh, the temple of O'Leary'sy Bra's backhand while you were out there? Did you get to, uh, you know, I, I don't know, just show that appreciation for the, the backside fucking just discharge? <laughs> Ooh, I like the sound of that. Did go off in J-Bay? That, uh, yeah, yeah old Puskas yeah. ostrich sausage came back to haunt him big time, Smithy. Mm, the old boar worsts. Oh. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, they look like a, a nard the way they're coiled up in yeah. the, the butchers there oh, over yeah. in South Africa, don't yeah, they? They, 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 they come out like that too. Exactly, mate. Mr. Whippy. But no, I didn't cop any whale spouts off O'Leary's backside blast. I don't think I even got baptised once from one of his skits, Vertle mm. re-entries, because it was kind of almost... It's when it's like that, you can't too even hard. do a turn, eh? It's yeah. just like fucking down the line super fast roping little pits that are trying to fucking mm. crease your scone. Jeez, we've we've had it good though, mate. Even, even uh, you know, as tricky as it was, it was still pumping. And oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I just can't believe the run we've had. It's, it's been like basically since before COVID started. Mm. We've just been getting cooking waves. I'm too scared to even talk about it. What, what happens if we get another, like if we get a, a flat spell? Yeah, well, or it's Tico or something. Like it, oh. It's so possible. And I was chatting to my old man last night and he was uh, referring to the seven years of drought we had that preceded mm. this little rich run. So I guess that's the pattern. You kind of forget how long and torturous those El Nino stretches are yeah. when you're not in them. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, oh, like, uh, yeah. yeah, the world's great. You know, it's, yeah, it's a little bit wet, but heaps of waves. And, and then all of a sudden, it, the switch can flick and suddenly you're in seven years of fucking drought and bushfires. Oh, well, man, it's I a horrible thought knowing you have no control over that. When I was working at, at Waves Magazine, um, there was two ECLs. The, I feel like there was two ECLs the entire time I worked there. Like, because we put them both on the cover. Mm. Uh, we had one, uh, I remember there was a Grom, Paul, his name was, from Newcastle, Dixon Park Cove that Bosco shot. Like, monstro, epic, just offshore. You know, those big weather bombs that just, uh, like, provide that one day of waves all up and down the East Coast. It looks like pipeline everywhere. And, and there was the one uh, uh, with um, Wayne Cleveland on yeah. the cover of Tracks. Mm. And, like... It felt like they were the only two major swell events that happened. I mean, the, the Bra Boys and, and uh, the Cape kind of became popular during those years. But they weren't like those big swell events that we've just seemed to be getting hammered with, uh, to, like, on the reg now. So, yeah. That know. July swell. Are we just going to light up these coal mines, get the gas fires burning, Woo-hoo! approve the permit, Smitty, and just start cooking this joint? Double time, Richo! Go on, Terry, Richo, get those gloves back on and get shoveling, <laughs> mate! Get down there, mate! But, uh, yeah, it's funny you say that. That, that July swell, the 2001 East Coast Low, mm. is my only memory of an East Coast Low, of, of a swell of that magnitude. Yeah. I, I, I was 14, 15 years old, and I'd never seen something like that in my life to mm. that time. And yeah. so when that thing steamed in, I was like, oh, wow, like... This is a freak weather event. Waves are never like this. Yeah. And that was also my earliest memories of El Nino existing as a concept. Mm. And we were right in the guts of El Nino yeah. through that period. And yeah, I guess you, you get fucking one or two per seven years in El Nino. And uh, in the La Nina period, it's nonstop. You're yeah. just fucking dealing with east swells and ACLs on the reg. Skits. Mate, and what I'm impressed by and what I love to see is just how much Australians, yeah, straight, 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 good old fashioned you be Australians, just up. step up. When, when there's a slab on offer or some outer bommy or some fucking heaving monstro monster just breaking off some fucking distant, you know, island or reef or whatever it is, Australians step up, mate. They do. I've been really impressed. They step up on the step up and step yeah. down into a filthy throaty orb. Well played, Eww. Australians. On well your played. mind. Well played. Fucking oaf. Stroke. Fucking get it. Get out of here. Hey. Um, mate, so the reason why we're here today is uh, we had like over 200 questions, uh, which we just couldn't fit into the last ep. So we're doing a very special Swellians versus Smivy and Deadly Ask Us a Question special. Should we roll the song? Does John Joe Flowers have Kelly Slater's foreskin in his knee? Does Gabby shave the bits of skin that none of us can see? If you drag your filthy cold home down to the face of the old man pipe, will spots fly from a lack of comet across the lonely night? Are the wazzles judges crazy? 
And they fucking lost the brief Would shame her and take 50 grand Over and let us leave This wedding seeks us The prophets will apply So scoff your shoes and ask us a question We will speak no lies Ask us a question We'll tell you no lies Ask us a question We'll tell you no lies Yeah mate, so what we're going to do is dive into these questions Fuck an oath Yeah, let's rip in because uh, the Swellians... Seek answers. Mm. They seek answers desperately, and we're here to provide. So, Sauce Bottle, long, long-term long fan of the show. Gordo. Saw him out there amongst the, yeah. the mini drainers. Well, Gordo is a super fan, as you know, and he, he listens. I don't know if anyone really, like, just consumes surfing on the same level as Gordo. Mm. Do you reckon? No, I mean... Pretty fucking bad. He lives for it. In the hive, he's get up, he's getting around in, and uh, yeah. it's just his little... Piece of sanity amidst the rigmarole of blue collar drudgery. <laughs> and well played to you, Gordo. Oh, you, Gordo. You're one of the greats, mate. So, uh, Gordo wants to know, and this has been getting around uh, the web a lot lately, particularly since um, Chaz Smith and Dave Scale started talking about it uh, after Chaz went on a little adventure to try and find out what happened with Elo. Mm. So, uh, Saucy wants to know Is Elo's supposed inappropriate advances the biggest secret in surfing since Grant Twiggy Baker's? The snake. Mm. Uh, there's a bit of banter here. But, um, yeah, uh, I guess Shakespeare is surfing, who's actually Mike Oblowitz. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, he said, uh, was Elo fired for a, me too, for a hashtag Me Too advance on the shirtless surfer boys? Um, wow. Uh, uh, Wouldn't be me the first time. Me Poo doesn't get a mention here, Smithy. No, That's Me Poo. You'll be uh, upset mm. about but, um, yeah, so David and Chaz sort of talk about it on the Grit Potty. Chaz tr- sort of did his best to dig up a, the actual story, and it just seems like he met, he met a brick wall of, of uh, silence, silence, which I believe he attributed to legal legalities. Ooh. So I don't know if we're really going to get to the bottom of it, and I feel a bit iffy speculating on just sort of rumours when you mm. just can't find anyone to talk about it. I mean, it's fucking weird, man. It's fucking weird. It's fucking weird, bro. So fucking it is so weird. fucking weird, man. It's one of the weirdest I fucking it's the things. Weirdest shit. I'm so weirded out. Me too. But uh, me poo. Me poo. Yeah. And uh, anything to contribute there? I just don't. Mate, I, I have no interest in speculating about what happened. If there's just no info, it just feels it feels irresponsible, Smith. And as as a cone piece of winning. Uh, award-winning journalist, such as yourself. Mm. How do you? How does it sit with you? This speculation that's been running riot on the back of just hot rumours. Look, I'll go back to my original point on this and just express my utter dismay at the lack of an official statement from the awards. I just can't fathom this. Can you imagine, Vaughn, if Juan Antonio Samaranch had a fallen on his pork sword at the <laughs> height of the Olympics, you know, organising committees and all oh. the rest of it? There would have been 
uproar. Like there, there, oh, there, yes. there would have been statements. There would have been mm. the media scrutiny yeah. of a kind that left no stone unturned, no hemorrhoid unmicroscoped. Yep. You know, it just yep. would have been all like that's the level of scrutiny you're dealing with like, when you're running a, a, a sport uh, of any kind of real legitimate magnitude. The fact that, that the CEO can just fucking toddle off into the, the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, you know, like some kind of schizophrenic miscreant. I find it and hard. There's to- just no questions asked, no solutions or answers offered. It just baffles me. Yeah. I'm fucking weirded out. Yeah, it's like what, what organization in the world could get away with this and hide behind like, oh, it's a legal matter. Like, surely, like you can't get a global fucking silencing thing, can you? Like, I can't. Anyone else like do some digging and get some answers or? Like, how far do these legal documents stretch, and why isn't anyone talking? It's peculiar. I mean, you'd have to be some kind of Central American government administration circa the CIA's many coups to, to walk off into the wilderness like this without mm. a trace and nah. have no one ask any questions. Yeah, and Maybe I, that's what happened. The, maybe the, ELO just got the red dot on his forehead. Mm. Uh, just a one too many shitty events. Maybe it was a, a, a deal gone wrong with the... Uh, you know, El Salvadorian fucking Contras or the MS-13. Someone's had a gutful. Yep, Where's yep, me Bitcoin, yep, Elo? Yep, hey, yep. shortchange me on the oh. fictitious currency, you dog. <laughs> Cop this. It's just unbelievable because, like, all that's left is space to just pour fucking shit into. Like, I mean, it just, I, I don't know. It, it's, it just seems, it, it's baffling. It's baffling, Smithy. I've got no answers for you, God. I'm sorry, Sauce Bottle, but uh, nothing, man. Sorry, everyone else. All I can say is I'm fucking weirded out. Yeah, it's weird. Pretty piss weak, if you ask me. Fletcher Pylon, who likes to pile on. Does he? I'm dead. Pile off that dog, eh? Uh, He says he watched the Make or Break show and was blown away that the head judge is talking through the scores with all five judges and totally leading them into what the score should be. So uh, he's put an example here. Uh, that's better than a six, but not as good as the seven, mm. et cetera, et cetera. I was under the impression that the judges were alone and not influenced but uh, not influenced by each other. Even my local board rider scores are more individual. In light of the continuing controversies around scores, is getting rid of the head judge the solution for a properly subjective five-judge panel? Love to get your thoughts, UTFS. Mm. And, mate, this kicked off a monstro... Discussion. Yeah, according because to this thread, are mm. actually fucking pissed off. Yeah, they're off it. You got a couple there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we had uh, underneath him, Adrian Hellman. He's blowing your own corn there, my friend. <laughs> but uh, he said, spot on, mate. Other thing they need to get rid of is the judges knowing what scores each surfer needs to progress. Should be completely blind of the situation in the heat. Too much emotion comes into it, and they're only human. That's a good point. Blind scores. Uh, it, it removes the opportunity for any kind of corruption or back shish, dare I say it. Uh, so, yeah, I back that. There's some really great recommendations here. Attorney, I don't like the sound of that, but he has, uh, he has this to say, can't believe more people aren't talking about this. Seems so insane that a head judge can lead the scorers to what he thinks the wave is worth. Garth Linton... Chipsy, I've been saying this for years. What moron would ever think this is a good idea? Mm. So contradicting. Glad you brought it up. Strong words from Linton. Very strong. Moron. Wow. <laughs> Brendan Howitt, uh, he also then fucking doffs the cap and the, the quill. Yep. 
to pile on with a pile on of his own, also shouldn't be able to hear the reaction from the crowd. Can't help but feel they get swayed by the sound coming from the beach. Should be forced to wear noise-canceling headphones, all Ollie. Wow. Mm. A kind of silence. Whoa. Maxwell Smart style. <laughs> what do you want? Do you want them to be blind? Do you want them to be uh, deaf? Yeah, this is just presenting the best images of what the judges' booth is going to look like uh, if, if we do some serious performing. Uh, it'd just be like these weird little uh, pods, little egg pods with no windows, no nothing. They've just got noise-canceling headphones. And two, like a set of goggles that just show the heat. Point blank. So not even light can filter in and affect their judgment. I like the sound of that. I like it. It's hey, uh, by the way, just, uh, I'm, I'm going to give Adrian Hellman uh, a bit of a doff here too, Smithy. He's uh, a Hellman. He might have he been rinsing his own corn, but he's backing it up. Seriously. Fucking hell, he's blowing his own corn big time. He's well uh, rinsing it platinum on some big offshore bombies, you fucking Hellman. Mate, uh, Paul McKenzie uh, has piled on with Mr. Pylon. Maka. He says this is 100% what is happening. It's not even a conspiracy because they are so blatant about it. And you can tell every time you see the scores of all five judges and they are all within 0.5 of a point each other. <laughs> There's no way that would happen. You do the math. If one judge scores at a six and the other judge scores at an eight, they shouldn't be penalised for that. It's a subjective sport. Half the audience probably saw it as a six and the other half probably saw it as an eight. Uh, Brazil probably saw it as a nine, to be fair. Mm. Uh, it will all even out in the end. That's the whole point of having five judges down the head judge and up the fucking swell ends. Well Ooh. said, McMacker. Wow. Um, they're, they're, mate, they're, people they're, are pissed a, off his movie. Yeah, it's an old-fashioned pylon on Pratamo. He's only a diminutive guy at best. I wonder if he's suffocating for breath under a stack of angry commenters. Uh, we've even got some world champs chipping in here. Yep. Uh, 100 Pambo, that's Pam Burridge. Yep. And she's saying a Hellman and Kong. Earmuffs. Oh, earmuffs. So no no, uh, no noise crowd. Just whack on some earmuffs. Or, or just don't even fucking, don't even hear what's being said here because someone might blow a vowel. Oh, yeah, yeah, Probably okay. Talking about Kong there. All oh, right, yeah, like swearing in front of the kids, those those sorts of earmuffs. And it just mm. goes on and on. Doesn't and uh, I this guess is, this is actually, I, I knew that people kind of had their nose out of joint about it a little bit, but this is the first time I've seen it just laid out properly like, People going, nah, this is a fucking joke. And if you think about it, why? Why do you need to, like, pull everyone into line? Like, if you're getting rid of the top score and the bottom score, it, it does the job anyway that a head judge is doing. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. And having stood there during a heat at J-Bay and, and watched Pratamo go about his business in that structure that they've set up there and, you know... They're all in their little petition boxes. They've seen the wave and then they'll look up towards a big screen uh, upon his instruction and he'll be like telling him to... F I mean, it was a bit different back then, admittedly. Like when I was in there, it was more like look at the screen, focus on these aspects mm. of the wave. But okay. there wasn't really numbers being thrown around right, from right, right. memory. Yeah. Uh, but, mate, my memory is infamously poor and uh <laughs> hey, I, oh wait is this like day two after that that uh giant yeah, well, that you well, went to and it was got prior lost to the and... fucking the pissing my pants on yeah. acid at uh, wacky woods at conscious oh, it convergence was prior prior oh, so, yeah. okay it was okay. in the leading but yeah very sleep deprived <laughs> i think i may have almost had a fight with bobby martinez and tim baker by this time oh so wow it was a fair bit of cortisol in the central nervous Famous system year. but uh yeah, so, and, and, and just also just to, you know, acknowledge my poor memory, I said in a, a previous episode that I'd heard Pratamo say something along the lines of, you know, 
the main thing is that they the right surfer wins the heat. Yeah. And I don't want to credit that to Pitamo because fuck, mate. That, wh- whoever said that, was, it was said a long time ago. Yeah. And I feel like it, w- it could have been Perry Hatchett, uh, the, the previous head judge, or the previous, previous head judge. Mm. Uh, there was uh, Richie Porter. Porter in between. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I feel like it was a WSL person, but it may not have been. Yeah. Who fucking knows? Yeah. You don't ask the punch drunk pikey for perfect memories. Uh, but, mate, it, it really reeks of some kind of power mad, you know, like it reminds me of the old Orwell saying, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe Pratamo's just gone power mad <laughs> at the top. I mean, he's been there for a while. He's representing some kind of uh, oligarchical strongman archetype, Putin-esque in his command of the judges. Six, eight, nothing. Above or below? <laughs> Fuck sheesh! That's what it reeks of to me. Oh, so that's man. all I can say, Vaughn. I don't know. I don't like the look of well, it, though. Look, you can't, you can't, like... it's Patamo's doing a job that he has been doing for a long, long time that he's obviously excellent at. But that system, you know, he didn't create it. He's just part of it. And um, people are bummed. And uh, this is uh, from Brendo Old Images. Uh, and he has uh, another little add-on here. He said, this blew me away. I used to think it was conspiratorial bullshit about WSL agendas and such, but there's the head judge right there strongly suggesting and influencing scores. Also, read comments made by Smivy and Connor in their latest chat. They said that Renato says it's the judge's job to make sure the right person wins the heat. So Renato may be made. It's possible. Okay. yeah, Not ruling it out. Uh, In the justification of the possible uh, evening out of Connor's score to compensate... For John's high score at the start of the heat. So we all know that one. Remember? Yeah. But Brendo says, what the fuck? So it's meant to be totally meaningless and fake excitement when someone needs an 8.5 or something. The judges will just give a score to make sure the right person wins. So dumb. A lot of good suggestion here in these replies. So you know what he's saying. Yeah. He's like saying that that argument of like best surfer wins is counter to... The logic of having scores at all. I don't think it is because when I watch a heat, right, a partic- that's a really good example mm. where they've set the scale too high at the start of the heat. And look, it's hard to set the scale and get it right. You know, yeah. conditions are changing. Like, uh, you know, the quality of waves can increase and deteriorate in the course of a 35, 45 minute heat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if they do get the scale wrong at the start, you know, there surely is an opportunity to amend that during the heat and 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 make sure that the right surfer comes up with the win. I think that is, to me, that is what is important. And, and yeah, there's going to be a, a bit of leeway in the numbers here and there and a little bit of leeway for amending the scale as the heat goes on, right? Mm. That That's essentially what we're debating. I mean... Yeah, it, uh, yeah and, but then you... <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's hard. We're dealing with Mother Nature here. That, and, and the quality and size of waves, even though they say it's not a factor... It is a factor. Mm. It's weird that they say it's not a factor mm. because it clearly is a factor. Well, yeah, it has to be a factor because like uh, a bigger, angrier wave demands much more commitment and a, and a much heightened sense of aggression to to get the scores that you need. Mm. That's why at the start of that heat, the 9.27 for a couple of little whips and a, a, a cheeky barrel was mm. completely overdone, especially in light of the heat that was actually in the water or just finished with Gabe and Callanan. You know what I mean? It looked, it looked like a whole different comp to me. So, yeah, it's a weird one. It's fucking weird. But 
What what would you do? What what would you do here? Would you are you all for a huge reform of, of the judging system, the judging panel, the way that the head judge sort of operates in there? Not really. Do you think so? I think it works pretty well. Mm. Like, uh, you know, there's this kind of complaining is is constant. And, uh, yeah, maybe the only thing I could see that is an issue, yeah, is, is Pritamo actually throwing numbers out. Like, I, I don't know if he should be doing that. Mm. Um, but... It's, you know, frick, man. You got five guys from around the world who all surf really good and watch a million freaking heats, and they've worked their way up from doing board riders yeah. to pro juniors yeah. to QS and, and the CT. Like, it, it's pretty well as good as it can be. Yeah. And I was really impressed, actually, by the professionalism and the technology. And this was fucking over 10 years ago mm. at, at J Bay. Uh, and th- they were trying really hard, and they, they seemed to have thought of everything that they could think of to really nut out a, a consistent scoring mechanism mm. and criteria in the moment in, in what is a, a very open environment. It's not like, you know, rugby league where you have, someone's either dropped the ball or not or someone's foot is on the well, line or not. Well, they still fuck not. those up. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. They've, got, they've got like a bunker that can't even get like high and elite sports with clear rules that are completely non-subjective, and they still fuck it up. Like, do they have these same <laughs> roaring pylons? In oh, you know they syn- do. In synchronized, mate. No one hates sport swimming. more than the fans who love it. Mm. It's uh, it's hilarious. Like, like, like you know, these are these like uh, gymnastics, uh, figure skating. Do they have the this same impassioned comment boards flaring up <sighs> over bodgy judging calls? I mean. Yeah. But I, I guess, it, but. you know, at the at the very end of the day, have we seen the wrong world champ? Like, have we seen crew who are just getting the psycho leg up in complete, you know, opposition to the surfing that we're watching in these comps? You couldn't really say we are. No. Hope you get the lot, you dog. Moving down the list from that pylon, uh, looks like we've got Mitch Spaz. And uh, he chips in here. This is regarding overlapping heats. Been thinking about this one for a while. Do you guys think it's fair if you're in the non-priority heat and have priority and use it on a wave only to have to give way to the person in the priority heat to then lose priority in the non-priority heat? I feel like if you have to give way to someone in the priority heat, you should still get to keep your priority in the non-priority heat. What do you guys think? Technical, but a great observation. Really? Coming in hot here, but he's right. It's an odd one. Like you, you're pretty much having to be a scrapper on the inside. Uh, it adds a whole nother dynamic to the way that you're using priority in your non-priority heat. <laughs> it feels like we're just stuck in a riddle inside a riddle here, mm. Smitty. We're a circle in a spiral, my mm, friend. Green eggs and ham, Dr. Zeus style. Mm, um, <clears throat> it's, a, it's probably one of those little bugs that, that will create issues at some point. At the moment, I haven't noticed it really affect heats too heavily. And I'm a huge fan of the overlapping heat. So, yeah, I'm sure that there's little things that they'll be able to iron out over the years. But anyone else chipping in on the back of that? Uh, just a, a couple others. Garth Linton says another great point. Well played. I never thought of that. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu Joss says, good point, Mitch Spaz. Mind blown. And then there's a full mind-blowing emoticon even to him. <laughs> so he's gotten to someone. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it's a good point. And, 
something, like you said, Vaughn, that they probably do have to iron out and, and have a mm. good look at. Uh, you know, it's a work in progress. Surfing is, is such a funny one because it's it's so up for debate. Like every last little tweak and uh, decision is scrutinised by a very passionate, very knowledgeable mm. fan base who are just so invested in the product. So there's just nowhere to hide, and uh, especially not on the Ain't That Swell comment boards. Let it Let it rip. Let it rip, Swellians. Get back on protection, you mate. Now, this is from Ryan S. South Smithy. Um, he says, I think we're all fans of the overlapping heat formats. What do you think about overlapping the blokes' heats with the chicks' heats? We kind of touched on this last ep. Especially when it's heavy. would be cool to see it at a spot like Chopes, where the blokes can give them a bit of direction on the ones to go and encouragement to charge. That's genius. That is so smart. That's I back that, Rhino. I mean, time. it just helps so much when you're in a heavy lineup, seeing how the good guys and girls do it. Uh, and just seeing how deep they put themselves and just being up close and being able to see the the reflexes and read on the ledge. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like uh, the, the women could definitely benefit from being in heats overlapping with the men, uh, given so many of them have, have had limited time out there. Yeah. And also just, you know, to see what it takes so they can make a decision about whether they want to fucking send it or not. Because, oh, man. freak, man, like, how you don't have to. Like, you, I'm not saying that you have to, nah. that's for sure. But how good would it be? Like, just, just putting this into uh, practice in your brain, imagining it. Imagine you're in the non-priority men's heat at huge chopes or massive pipe, and the priority heat is, let's say, Molly Picklam versus Katie Simmers, right? The second heat is the men's heat, so it's overlapping. The girls have priority. It's bombing, and you've got two surfers there just screaming at them. Go this one. This one's a sick one. Back it, Molly. Pull it. Get on it. As if she's not going to rip in. As if Katie Simmons isn't just going to knife it off the drop. Like, you can't not do it, man. Like, the the crew who uh, trailblazed early chopes in events – Reckon that was what pushed them over the edge a lot of the time. That channel energy, like you know, mm. like and that's that could really help, like accelerate the way that women are approaching these waves so much faster. I mean, it's a bummer. Like maybe the way to do it so that it's fair is to actually overlap it, like not do a whole round and then just have the tail end and the front end overlapping. Mm. Just go from a men's heat to a women's heat to a men's heat to a women's heat. Yeah, I don't really Possibly. mind. I just don't want to see good quality waves go to waste because uh, there's only two surfers in the lineup and they're too scared to, to go mm. sets. So I think the problem with that format is that you're unlikely to see women and men in the same kinds of conditions at Chopes and Pipe. It's just, I mean, it's a good way to push well, the sport forward. funny you say that, man, because uh, Waves Windy, I don't know of any relation to Windy Windina, but... Wavesy says, uh, well, the first and last heats of each gender division also have a slight advantage with less surfers in the water. So overlapping makes sense. Mm. So uh, that's talking about, you know, that sort of weird 20-minute period between the first heat of a round and the last heat where two surfers just get the lineup to themselves. But Rasta da Life, or Rasta Dad Life, don't know if this is actually the Yeti, but uh, he says, if the WSL truly believed... He or she, sorry, I'll have to check that. If the WSL truly believed in equality, they would be trying more stuff out like this. So sad how many times this year they were acting like it was the 80s 
onshore and small send out the women. Really? I didn't see that this year. I thought the women got the rub of a, a lot of good days. But we didn't at see any actual waves this year, yeah. really. I mean, fuck, man. If For we, what if was on offer, I don't think they, they got any more dudded than the dudes. No. But, yeah, that's true. I, th- I feel like I feel like uh, that when the surf is absolutely cooking, they're always going to lean more towards sending the guys out. If it's at a wave of Conaquence, maybe this is the... This is the opportunity to mm. mend that and yes. to actually step it up a little bit. Pretty pissed week, if you ask me. Dempsey has chipped in here, Smithy. Demo, demo, man. Yeah, aren't you, demo? Uh, are we going to witness one of the biggest catastrophic melts in history when Brazil's favourite prince, Filippi, doesn't catch a wave during the Olympics at a hopefully somewhat Code Red-esque swell at Chopes? Eat, pray, cone, UTFS. <laughs> Damps, mate. Oh, Nostradamus, bruh. Mm. He might be calling it as it could play out. Yeah, and he's got a bit of a beak on him, old Demos. So uh, maybe he sniffed one out here mm. because, uh, yeah, he's definitely putting a very likely and logical prophecy forward. I mean, yeah, it, frick. How about it, eh? It's so ironic. It, it, Mate, I can't wait to see how this Chopes event yep. unfolds for Philippe. Mm. Uh, you know, the defending world champ. Uh, we saw him. He, he had more of a dig than he's ever had during the last event. Uh, still got fucking lapped yep. by two 50-year-old ex-CT and one current CT, allegedly, surfers mm. uh, in the Hog Dog and, and Slater. Uh, I think he, ultimately he, he did rack up a seven, though, didn't he? Felipe in one of the heats he, Mate, he got he got a couple of semi proper ones. The signs are there. The signs are there. Like you know, like there's there's those waves at backdoor where he was within a, a prince's dick of making them, and uh, they were pretty you know pretty decent ones. But I think the big problem for Philippe, and we uh, you know, is that he's just got to want it. Like that's that's the thing. And now that he's got his world title, like it's the logical next step in his surfing evolution, isn't it? And uh, Brendan Ault has said here, you know, he's a true champion, Philippe. I think in the next few years, he'll conquer this demon. Kelly used to be scared of big waves. Admittedly, he was 14. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Well punned. But, Uh, uh, mate, no, look, I I reckon um, it's not unusual for surfers to to come on and start, you know, having a crack a bit later in their careers. But Mm. the desire to actually get out there and pack it Purely because that's what you want to do is a lot different to feeling like you have to. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't help but get the feeling that when Felipe is surfing chopes, he's merely ticking boxes to avoid getting the pocket corn oh, on the his shoulder. The pocket corn is just always hovering, isn't it? It's always. Like, it's always there like a fly when you're it's a hot <sighs> summer lunch. You've just put the snorkers and the potato salad out. Pucket corn everywhere. That's how. That's the world Felipe lives in. Mate. He does, and uh, he will continue continue to live <laughs> yeah. in a world inundated by pucket corns until he properly commits to putting on a world class performance at Chopes. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, he's just ticking boxes. Pop. He's just ticking boxes. Yeah. I don't. I don't put backdoor in the same category. To be honest, I, I feel like surfers at that level. Especially natural footers, a big right wedge tube, like yes, but pipeline backdoor smithy, like mate, has it like he's yes he's got he's like, packed a few there, but has he uh, uh, gone deep in the event there? That's what I mean. Has, are you, has are you he, ever looking at Philippe 
when you're doing your fantasy surf or we're talking about a blitz, then it's like, let's say that there's swell on the way. It's not even factored into your considerations. Not once. Speaking of pocket corns, uh, are we are we looking at Felipe as just another small wave world champ? Another Potts? Uh, <laughs> Potts fucking had a dig. Well, he had a dig. I mean, allegedly. He had a, there was, a, I think, one clip of him at Big Backdoor when he was 15 or something. But, uh, uh, I mean, I'm not saying he can't have a dig. I'm just saying that, you know, during those lean years of the was or the... the ASP was it back mm. in, in those days? Uh, you know, generally events were contested in uh, small, summary yeah. horse shit, a, a thousand events, and it really came down to a grovel off. Well, I would say uh, I definitely wouldn't class pots into that, even though that, that those a lot of those world titles were won in those years. Tom Carroll won all mm. of, like world titles in grovel. Yeah, fucking. Um, Damien Hardman won world titles in Grovel famously. Mm. Yeah, and pretty much the entire 80s yeah. and 90s up until 96, but, you know, Those world titles were punctuated by career highlights in heavy water that were fucking legit, mate. Dilma's probably the one who cops the hardest time as, as a small wave world champ, but everyone else has who's been a world champion has pretty much mastered. I, I would say, uh, like, mastered at some point in their career at least... One moment yes. they can hang their hat and on. And has Philippe mastered this moment? What's Philippe's even, even, moment? Even in his free-surfing exploits. Like, I, I know that back in those days, there was serious pressure on mm. you. Uh, yeah, sure, you'd won the, the, the silver uh, trophy for groveling, out-groveling your fellow competitor, but yeah. where's, the, where's the respect for the proper sand at the heaving slab? And, and that, they were conscious of that, and they went about racking up the clips the spreads in big pits, current it off the wall, yeah. TC at pipe, yeah. pots at back door. BL at fucking giant pipe uh, and sunset and, and out of reefs. He was like out there. It had to be done. It was, a, it was yeah. a rite of passage that you needed to go and properly send. Otherwise, yeah, you just were going to be surrounded by puckered corns the rest of your <laughs> surfing life. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cruel irony oh, that the asterisk is just the perfect one-dimensional depiction of a puckered corn. And I, you know, I, I did look into the etymology of the asterisk, and it does indeed date back to a uh, little-known Greek philosopher called Sicornites. Um And Sicornites coined the asterisk. Uh, on the back of the pocket corn. So, yes, that is the etymology of the... I can reveal. Yeah. Dead true. Magic. And pocket corns galore if Felipe doesn't sack up and have a fucking crack, particularly <laughs> when the world is watching at the Olympics. He's still got pocket corn. Does anyone even ask him about it? Like, do the was ever just consciously get in his face and go, hey, man, you know, uh, congratulations on a great year. Like, how are you feeling about chops? Mm. What are you going to bring? Like, that's, you know... As good as the broadcast can be, no one's asking him that. Like, it's pretty fucking weird. It's you would have thought straight after J-Bay, they would have gone, mate, Chopu, you've just done this. You fucking, you're the best surfer at J-Bay ever. You're going to a wave that's your weakest on tour. How are you going to handle it? Where's that question? Yeah, you know, I just can't help but think whether Ricardo's piercing whistle is really just a means to, you know, kind of, create some sonic force field every time he sees in his son's expression when he's sitting out in the lineup at places like Chopes, mm. I'm sure he can start to see the the, the, the the expression change and the fear set in and that 
uh, kind of a, the faint outline of a puckered corn <laughs> developing. Uh, you know, just you know that, that DMT kind of realm. You start to see shapes and stuff materializing. Yeah. You know what the Brazilians are on? They're on all kinds of <laughs> Amazonian brews. Uh, you've seen them, you know those ones with the uh, straws in them, the, the green shit they're sipping on. What the yeah. fuck is that shit? Oh, I don't man. know, but they're fucking on something. Yeah. And uh, I just imagine that it's a big part of Ricardo's uh, whistling technique. He's what's just in those fucking blowing holes in pocket corns? What's in those little tubes that everyone? Yeah, that's what has. I'm talking about. There's yeah. some sus Amazonian brew. Yeah, it's that's like because all the uh, Queensland rugby league state of origin players were sucking on those in between at half time during You're the kidding origin. Kidding me? Oh, sorry. This is Donna. Was the only question we answered in the last ep. She said, what's the, the front rinse called? And um, we've had a couple of chip-ins here. Um, Savory Dave says that it's surely it's washing the corn kernel. Oh, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, you can uh, picture it, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yuck. Uh, rinsing the bean? Yeah, rinsing the bean. You know, washing the beans. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cleansing the axe wound. Someone chipped in. I lost their address. I'm so spewing, but they just wrote clam slam. Hey. McDevitt Electrical, Smithy. McDev, you uh, ever had the good fortune to use his services? McDevitt Electrical. Can't say I have. Sparky. He, uh, he said the Nate Florence J-Bay YouTube episodes had 350,000 and 150,000 views respectively. These numbers blow the event viewership out of the water. Do we even need the wads? Can we conceive of a better model that gives us true fans and professional surfers what they really want, UTFS? And, uh, yeah, there, there's a little backup there saying, good fucking call, bro. I must have deleted the guy who said it. But, uh, yeah, what do you reckon, Smithy? I mean, we talk about this a lot. We talk about it a lot. Is the was in serious danger of alienating the core and opening the door to a rebel tour of just slabs Orbs, outer reefs, rocks, blood, guts, etc. Mm, I mean, they're daunting numbers for the was to be looking at. 150k, 350k, yeah, uh, huge numbers. So, I mean, look, yeah, people kind of vote with their feet or more accurately their clicks and their ghost loads. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like, hard to argue with it. I. There needs to be a readjustment. I think it's coming. Mm. I think uh, they're going to, for sure, move in the direction of appointing a proper core CEO. I mean, if it is someone like Andrew Stark, I mean, that guy has an appetite for solid waves. Uh, you know, you'll see him at North Point and Cloud Break when it's on. So uh, he's probably a good appointment. He's a, a bullish kind of character, uh, you know, take no prisoners type of administrator and knows how to get shit done. I wouldn't be surprised to see him as the CEO, but he could also just be that kind of deep state darkness uh, with the, the pistol in the back of some mm. hapless puppet <laughs> going, mate, fucking, we're going to slab you, we're going to slab there, no more fucking trestles, oh, can't, geez, hey, hey want to sleep with the just, fishes? It's just that simple. It's that simple though. You were saying this the other day, like we were talking about it. You add danger into that competitive fucking framework and all of a sudden you've got a product that you cannot take your eyes off. Like when Cape Fear was going down, the entire tour was in Fiji, uh, the, 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 the CT. And, mate, they're at cloud break, you know, the one wave of truth that fucking existed on tour outside of Chopes and Pipe. And um, everyone was glued, like sitting in the front bar on the Motu, glued to the TV, could not take their eyes off it. This is while the comp's going on. So, uh, yeah, wow. it, it says a lot, man. You're like, even the elite want to watch competitions 
in heavy water. So little wake up call there. Pretty piss weak if you ask me. Frequency for war. Is it time to break the tour into, say, three style-specific categories? I sort of feel that surfing has been left way behind by its long-lost love children skating and snowboarding mm. in competition format, pretty much across the board, but particularly on the Dream Tour. Obviously, with vert, street, park, bowl, in skating, and pipe, park, and perpendicular pirouettes on the snow. Correct me if I'm wrong, trendsetters, but fuck me. <laughs> Isn't it time to give each style of surfing its very own tour and identity with each tour of the absolute fucking best blokes and sheilas in the world surfing the thickest fucking orbs, punting the biggest revs, or hacking and carving the longest walls at places that specifically suit each division's rules and regulations? Wow, I love that. It's Mm. a great, great idea. Yeah. I'm I mean, it, fully down with that. I mean, fuck, I'd watch a uh, a World Tour 20 tour in a heartbeat, yeah. man. Like, Let's see Ryan Birch and uh, uh, Bryce Young and, oh, fuck, I don't know. Uh, we've, we've seen what? We've seen him have a crack yeah. at some roping, horseshoeing, right and left point, like on A-Sims. And, and then the, the two guys you just mentioned, like uh, along with Tozza, uh, Mikey Fairbike, like, all these guys have proven you can ride alternative craft in heavy water. So, bring it. Mm. Um, yeah, I see. Uh, 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 and, you know, even, um, it, it, like, there's definitely going to be, at some point in the near future, you know, park surfing, like, you know, wave pool, air comps, and, and that sort of thing, where that's just a regular sort of side note. Yeah, again, you're dealing with fucking three-foot waves. Like, the, the whole no, wave I mean, pool concept. at some point in the future, you know, there's gonna, they're going to make an eight-foot wave at some point. Oh, somehow. Maybe. Somehow. A mega ramp, surely. But uh, in terms of just, like, different divisions, for sure. Why not? Yeah. Everyone loves that shit. Yeah, it, it does strike me when, when you put it like that frequency for war that there has been a real lack of attention and investment into the diversity of surfing in a kind of competition format. And, and I really wonder why that is, why surfing has not acknowledged the various forms in this postmodern era that... Uh, are so captivating to watch. Like, there's really only one form, as mm. you mentioned. That's the the typical thruster, high performance surfing. Everyone more or less doing the same lines and maneuvers. It's kind of like watching F1 cars go around a track a lot of mm. the time. Uh, and it, it just that's just not where surfing's at now. Nah. Like, surfing is in this infinitely more complex and dynamic space than that, but the competitive realm does not reflect that at all. Not even a little bit. So, yeah, I think that that is a great idea and I almost feel like that has to happen. Mm. Like, why is there not uh, specialist comps in specialist ways with specialist equipment? I mean, the best we had was the Big Wave World Tour and that was sick. Like, fuck, watching some of the highlights from the Porto Escondido comp, the the Jaws comps, mm. like, uh, I think the Mavs comps, epic. Like, that said, as a live spectacle, slow, yeah. long period waves, yeah. long waves between yeah, yeah, sets, yeah. not a lot of action. Um, so, again, like, there m- might need to be some experimenting with the broadcast format, you know, condensed replays. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily streamed live, uh, which uh, opens up the, you know, kind of like the Stab 100, Surf 100 thing, mm. uh, Events of that nature where, yeah, you still get the commentary, you still get 
the quality waves, but it's just like a condensed broadcast uh, of the different kinds of characters. It's really sad eh, to not get to hear from your Birches, your Bryce Youngs, uh, your, your Twiggies, your Russ Bjerks, mm. um, your Torrens, and see what they're like in a competitive format, uh, both their surfing and their personalities, hearing them in post-heat interviews, like... Yeah, it's just the whole side of surfing. It just brings it all together anyway. Like, you chuck those guys in a heat, everyone's frothing. Like, everyone. Like, back in the day, it seemed like... Look, I know that we're, we're heading down into this pretty familiar territory here, Smithy, but, like, that, that idea of surfing in trials and, and being able to make a main event, like, it's such a good one. You, you, anyone can get in on a hot streak, surf the right board in the right conditions and find themselves in these heats and... The amount of stories that brings, the amount of personalities that brings back to the top end. Exactly. I don't know. Seems like a good thing to do. Oki was bang on for mine when he talked about that quite a bit. Frequency for war too, mate. Sawtell core band. True. Like hardcore metal. No way. Yeah, up the fucking frequency for war. Are you kidding me? War! <laughs> war! Hey. T-Bone Collector, another uh, familiar name on our socials, always chipping in, UTFS. Would Smithy consider applying for the Wazzle CEO gig? And if so, what's the first thing you would do? Oh. Oh. No. Well, I think that, uh, that question almost answers itself. Cut some fucking heads off. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> yeah, um, threading the vortex shift in unionize, fist pump. Yeah, that's it. Cut some fucking heads off. Your thirst, Proden. Only joking, man. I love it. I love it, mate. But uh, yeah, uh, would I consider applying? Well, maybe I already have. Ooh, heard it here first. Little email, resume, resume has been uh, sent off to California, and um, maybe I'm waiting to hear back and. Uh, Maybe I'm pretty fucking confident of getting the gig because I do bring a bit of fucking knowledge, a bit of expertise, and a bit of fucking shameless strong arming behaviour to the yeah. administration. And I yeah. think that's what it needs. It needs a, a good kick up the yeah. coit. Needs some skulls cracked together. Needs a few cunts pegged to the wall. <laughs> I'll peg some crew. You know that. Smithy's not afraid to peg a couple cunts. It just needs waves of truth, Smithy. You know, I, I know you, mate. I know you. If you want waves of truth, that's what you'll get. If there's one man who's set up to go in there and clean all the pocket corns out of the joint, drain the it's Smithy. I'll drain that swamp. I'll vacuum those pocket corns. I'll peg some cunts. I'll fucking do whatever it takes yeah. to get us the product we deserve. Mad. Pretty pissed week if you ask me. Rockwheel Surf Photos wants to know, I can't believe all these one-minute-plus tube rides people are getting. Do you suppose it would ever be possible to whip out the cob and have a pull while riding the car and achieve the ultimate liquid, liquid orgasmic euphoria within this realm. We've been asked this before. Are you kidding me? There's a couple of questions we always get asked. That's one. And uh, the other one is when is all the uh, the Ain't That Swell tunes being released on Spotify? Mm. They're the two most common questions we get. Can you rinse your corn, get a shot away in the tube? Wow, I mean, it is a next level, oh, that is just a wild concept to think that you can get your corn titillated mm. while 
grabbing rail and somehow uh, with instead of dragging, you kind of have to do that yoga maneuver where you come under the front leg, the, the, the bent knee, and just start giving yourself a little underarmed jerk. Mm. Mm. A jerk and squirt. A rinse corn jerk and squirt. Yeah, jeez. Well, How do you go not- with, um, with stiffies in the surf? Do you, do you get... Do you, are they a common thing for you? Are you normally paddling around with, you know, a little bit of a speed bump buttocks going on? <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, maybe in my uh, virulent mm. puberty years. Yeah. But I uh, can't remember the last time I cracked a fat in the cone zone. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh. I mean, look. Let's be real. This guy's good enough to do it. Mm. I mean, you know, Coa Smith. You know, I mean, the guys, the guys, constantly jerking off in the mirror. So it's, uh, you know, there's <laughs> no not that much of a stretch for him to, to jerk yeah. off into the reflection of his, himself in the lip line at Skeleton Bay. Mm. Mm. So uh, you know, and he's in there for fucking yeah. five minutes. He could he could he could get to the point where he's busting ghost loads by the time he gets spat out of one oh, of them. It's skeleton. Yeah, far out. You could rub out half a dozen. Maybe surely. Yeah, yeah. He'd be rubbing out that many. He'd have to uh, pack a bit of lube down the back of his wedding to yeah. re, you know, or maybe just Ooh, hand drag see, himself. Uh, that's the danger of skeleton bay. You don't get any sand. sand. Oh, oh wow. dear. No, that's uh, not going to end well. If- yeah, I mean, uh, I had a mate who used to try and root crab holes. He was that towy, uh, but <laughs> didn't work out well for him, Smitty. Didn't work out well at mm. all. Friction. It's a funny old thing, man. Yeah, and uh, I also know a guy that definitely wasn't me that might have busted a couple uh, driving down the highway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, and, thinking uh, about skeleton, mate, you mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was kind of astral... Plane travelling, uh, <laughs> pretending my car was Coa Smith 61 oh, Thruster. Oh, God. I would, I would love to overtake you on the highway while you're just like, well, it, wasn't it, it, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Well, <laughs> saying it was me. No, no, no. Well, whoever it was, yeah. have a good whoever argument. Whoever deviant was, uh, in between ripping orchies and busting nuts while driving me, uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, someone driving their red Ford Econovan down the highway. Yeah, well, yeah. It's an intense experience. I, mm. I know that much multitasking, that variety, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it definitely elevates any sort of sense of danger or, or uh, the chances of getting caught. Uh, any, anything <laughs> like that, anything like that, elevates the uh, the the moment, <laughs> the moment of uh, peak experience. But uh, there was a couple of uh, people chipping in. Uh, this is Don Donzi's back. She said, some might only need a 10-second tube for that, not a full minute. Duff. Very yeah, well said. Well, then J.W. Rose kicked in you. Well, some only might need a head dip. <laughs> yeah. Some might not even need to touch themselves. Yeah. Maybe a head dip's enough. But crab hole start. rooters, mate, I'm telling you, there's not a lot of feeling there. They're going to need the full minute, if not more. I'll get back on protection, you mark. Dunny7, Smithy, wants to know, if Joe Rogan makes 10 to 12 million in podcasts a year, when are Smithy and Deadly going to get their payday? If it eventuates, can I be hired to sweep out the shared UTFS? Oh, Smithy, could you imagine it? Just rolling in green, eating our foie gras with fucking Laird Hamilton. Oh. Just uh, steam baths every morning, every afternoon. Can you imagine? The great muscular one. Getting a seat at Laird's table mm. after a solid hit out in oven mitts in the sauna. And then your next minute we're at the fucking table with Laird <laughs> sipping on turmeric lattes. Yeah. All four of us on a paddleboard jerking off in Slater's <laughs> wave cone. 
Oh, we've really made it now, man. This is the future that we could live. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, but until that day, we're in your mouldy garage in Lennox Head. Yeah. And, come uh, and sweep it out whenever you want, don't yeah, you? Don't knows. need money to get you that, babe. Come on over. Hey. Hambo, Estrada, uh, our good mate from Onset Brew. Saw him just the other day. Did you? Out the front, yeah. Uh, shared a Szechuan with him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he just wants to know, what's the most popular surf podcast? Surely it's Ain't They Swell. If so, the Swellians deserve a celebratory anthem. Well, there's already We're a couple anthems, one. isn't there? We got a couple. Yeah. What's what's uh? Well, are you kidding me? We got uh. Well, the intro is a bit of an anthem. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, do we need a new one? Wow. Something that they can, you know, we can play in a, a stadium full of people one day and have the whole place just singing along. Mm, yeah. Are I you like kidding it. me? It would work. Surely. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, and yes, in answer to your question, we are the number one podcast in the world, as confirmed. By several different polls, mm. uh, from Stab Magazine to Empire, Empire Ave. Ave. Uh, yeah, we're topping the pops. You fucking ripper now. Cough up that coin, you dogs. <laughs> hey. Dog. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Got one from Alex Knox here. Alex uh, Nost. Knox. Uh, I believe he was at the Swellness event. Oh, yeah? Al. Uh, yeah, this question. Will there be a final rock-off at some misto break to see who is? The final rock off page between at Lennox Rocks and at DY Point Rock Off. Oh, oh yeah, the greatest uh, Instagram rocks off page. Wow, Jeez, Jeez. Lennox Rocks is a good page. Oh man, Has Burley Rocks got one. Surely Burley would have one. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's just that underground that they can't even celebrate crushed skulls on the rocks. There, they just won't permit it. Well, the uh, the all time. Uh, I mean, Burley's brought them all undone, mate. Mm. Fanning had to go to hospital during a, a junior event there once. Uh, Fisher, out cold. Yep. They've all come a cropper on those Burley rocks. Come on, Burley. Pick, pull your finger out. Um, yeah. Uh, I haven't actually copped much of DY rocks. I'm going to have to jump on there and have a squeeze. Well, there was one that went viral recently that is whoa, as rough as you'll see. I mean, I've had a... I, it's a tricky one, DY. Mm. It, it looks... Mellow and easy enough, but there's a couple of little hidden mishaps there right at the get-go. I've fully eaten shit about fucking 30 metres from the actual spot just because there's some trippy black goo on the rocks that you don't even think is a risk. Mm. Next minute, you're fucking arse over tit, squealing in agony, uh, <laughs> while some mum in a, with a pram sipping an almond latte fucking... Coughs and splutters a brew all over a baby's mm. forehead. Yep. Your misadventure. So that's a risk. I've come a cropper there. Yep. Come a cropper at Lennox. Yep. fucking cuts on uh, in my heel right now. Still yeah. healing. So, but the, the one at DY, yeah, a shocker. Just uh, mistimes the run. You know, you kind of go off the, the, the b- around the, behind the wave. Yeah. And, Completely uh, different rock setups. You've got smooth boulders versus these weird sort of mossy, slippery, like... Dead flat. Coastal edges. Yeah, and there's a yeah. deep enough drop-off that you shouldn't really get done up by an incoming swell, but but this poor sod really times it wrong. And uh, he ends up diving into, like, like a, almost like dives off the ledge, like the water drains and he tries to run and, and jump before the next set arrives and he just disappears into a crevasse. Oh. It's awful. Oh, no. It looks like he dies, but... Yeah, it's just fine. so heavy how fun it is to watch other people get fucking slaughtered on rocks, though. 
Oh, man, it's it's one of the greatest pastimes. It, it dates back 60,000 years mm. at Lennox Head. I mean, I, I know that the the local uh, Bunjalung mob would uh, yeah. often just spend <laughs> hours laughing at uh, their <laughs> poor <laughs> brethren trying to get back in with a few uh, kingies or chewies, <laughs> just slopping around on those slippery fucking rocks. Um, uh, one of the great pastimes up in the Northern Rivers. Hey. Desert Daniel wants to know, will Kelly Slater's foreskin help John secure the fifth spot Carry him to victory at Trestles before steering him through endless cones on the slab tour in 24 UTFS. Thanks, Desert Dan. John John's got a fucking mountain to climb, mate. He does. I was just uh, I was looking at the the rankings. Like, uh, I think Gabe is the only one who doesn't need someone else in the top five to fuck up. Like, he can win the event and qualify for the finals. If John wins, I believe, uh, you know, Yago has to get knocked out pretty early, like e- even if John wins. So, yeah, mate, it's a it's a tricky one. Like all those crew down the back end, they're really looking at Yago and just going, man, I hope you lose. Like that's that's what they're hoping for. Because if Yago goes deep, it's game over. Mm. It doesn't matter what Jack, John, Connor or anyone else can do for that matter. Yeah, so uh, John, John, mate, like fucking, even if all goes well, he needs Yago to fuck up. Yeah, it's a been such a a, a crazy year for John. Mm. Uh, like strangely mediocre. You, you wonder whether it is Kelly Slater's foreskin in his knee playing up, playing havoc with his confidence, with it's his just... own foreskin, perhaps. Who knows? But uh, it's interesting when someone's in the rut of a mediocre year that you don't get the rub in those calls. Mm. You, you, if he's like a world number one or even a, a world number five. In that heat against mm. Connor, he's getting the rub probably yeah. on that score. Yeah, just sometimes just because the judges don't want to deal with the grief of the the, the howling media speculation and fan yeah. blow ups that the favourite didn't get the score. Mm. But you know when you're battling it out with the doldrums, yeah, the, you just don't get the rub on those calls. It's just so weird because uh, you know John. Despite having a fairly uh, at times lackluster, uninterested sort of energy around the tour. He's still seventh in the world, mate. Mm. Like, that's that's the fucking... Uh, to me, all that says is that the years had just shit waves. You know, Pretty like, much. You put this guy in good waves. He's top five without even having to raise a sweat. Hope you get the lot, you dog. Crovy 68. He says, why isn't there a seniors tour like in golf, but better? Oh. They could go to all the good lefts that used to be on tour. Cloud break, Reunion Island, G-Land, and the final of Pipe. So good. <laughs> Come on, what? Someone cough some money into that. That would uh, be sick, mate. Like you, you would watch Tom Carroll at G-Land and Pipeline any day of the week. And it, it would be so fascinating for the same reason that the Masters Golf Tour is fascinating, is just to see how these guys' skill sets age. Mm. Uh, because, you know, you know, like TVC, RCJ, the GOAT, yeah. Um, well, you know that if Goat becomes WSLCO, uh, Masters Tour will be the first thing on his agenda. That's a guarantee. And you know that the last thing to go uh, with any of these guys is their ability to get tubed. Um, they're, they're uh, you know, yeah, your reflexes can fade a bit and, and you can start to lose ground in the high-performance mm. shred stakes. Yeah. But when it comes to parking it in the cone zone, to rinsing corn, to... 
was, what was it? Cleansing the axe wound yeah, for the women like compatriots. The, you know, you Jody Cooper's the Colonel rinsing the Colonel, rinsing the Colonel, gurneying the Kern. Yeah, the Gurn Kern. <laughs> That's what it is. An old-fashioned Gurn Kern. <laughs> Kern Gurn. Yeah, uh, these these greats, these uh, goats, they can do that long into their careers. Twilights. I'd love to see it. Wow. Mm. I like this one. Yeah, go. Platinum issues. Oh, sorry, Platinum Jesus. After the Ashes series, I'm convinced that it is the greatest broadcast of any sport, with old call lords commentating, old replays being shown, and old yarns being spun mm. about. Several real and alleged tales of ye old times. Any thoughts? Mate, I couldn't agree get more. Morris Cole and Gary Elkin in the commentary box. Stat. Yeah, that will be fucking entertaining commentary. Straight up. You might drive you crazy. You might go mad. But there's nothing better than a couple of old legends just teeing off in the commentary box, mate. Yeah, it's during, proven. During the Ashes Test Cricket Series, it was interesting to cop the the English commentary. I uh, can't remember the last time I listened to anything else but uh, the Australian commentary mm. in the cricket. And, you know, for our international listeners, cricket is this drawn-out spectacle of pageantry and pomp that goes for five days and Fuck, it's good, leaves plenty of space for yarning. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, it was interesting. It's probably the most similar product to surfing. Yeah. Like, it's a five-day event that often, I mean, it, it does end in a draw a lot, so that's one one disappointing. This is just uh, test cricket. But, yeah, as you were, Smitty, sorry about that. Yeah, the um, the yarns on the English broadcast were fascinating because it was almost as though the cricket was irrelevant at times. When, when England was on top especially, it was just all about the stories. Mm. And it's, they would casually mention a dude running into bowl. And it was just a story fest and it was classy. Pretty piss week if you ask me. Got one here from Sonny Bunkus. Does Barton get back on post-ELO? He definitely fell victim to the uh, kind of woke politics, neo-fascist identitarian madness uh, seemed to get axed on the back of his reluctance to get jabbed up with some mystery serum. <laughs> and, uh, geez, uh, history hasn't looked back fondly on the nah. Wazza's decision to cut, to cut, cut, fired, you're gone, BL. Mm. Uh, hasn't look, it doesn't look back kindly on that decision. Mm. Uh, it reminds me somewhat of uh, the way... Uh, Sean Thompson's stand on the apartheid boycott panned out in the mm. course of history. Mm. Another guy fell on the wrong side of the uh, historical spectrum there, old Tomo. Yeah. Uh, ELO. Both, uh, yeah, had shockers there. So, yeah, mm. bring him back. BL deserves a spot. I mean, what a ridiculous reason to axe the 88 world champ. He's such a good One of the all-time greats, one of the great commentators. Oh. His knowledge, he's, he brings all that esoteric kind of psychology and spirituality into the into the space where it belongs in our cosmic, natural, uh, vibrational zone. So, yeah, oh, I think he's got to come back, BL. Mm, mm. I don't know how you come get in contact with him, whether it's a, a, a seashell that you blow into or a foghorn or a, a, a homing, homing gannet. Mm-hmm. But they got to get word to him somehow. I don't know where he is either. Oh, mate, just uh, some shack. Yep, yeah, jump, jump into the uh, the conspiracy theory portals, wormholes, and you'll find him quick mm. enough. He's on a Reddit forum somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but he, uh, he's a passionate man, and he, I, I think he's in with the Olympic crew. I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's doing the Olympics at Chopes. Let's hope so. Anyway, hey. this is from uh, Jen Now Gold Coast. 
Why has everyone missed the fact that Julian Wilson's head is balder than your scrotums when you're sponnoed by that manscaping company? Not even a commiserations from Tall and Deadly. Look, Smithy, mm. uh, I had never felt comfortable to uh, help Julian out with his receding hairline uh, until one day I just scrolled through the gram and sure enough, there it was, domed out, heavily domed. The former world title runner-up, the pipeline master, shiny as a goog, and uh, yeah, I felt absolute pride for his for his big move. Yeah, I thought it was it was bold and it was brave. Mm. It was bold and it was brave. Well punned. Bold and beautiful. Well, it's interesting just that he has kind of uh, inconspicuously moonwalked into the shadows just as the follicles started to rain mm. from his crown. So Slater did it. Mm. Slater retired with hair and then uh, took a little three-year break and came back. Fucking smooth as, mate. Smooth as. <laughs> and is that potentially the trajectory of, of, of W? You, you think he's just biding his time for one last bite at the cherry? You reckon Ooh. he's got a second coming in him? Ah, good point, man. Yeah, it's much easier to go bald in your own time, in your own space. It's, it's a heavy, heavy thing to uh, have to, like, you know, detach from your ego on that level in a public space. Uh, Andre Agassi famously super glued wigs to his head in his playing years so that no one knew that he was actually going bald. Mm. Like, that's fucking taking it to another level. But oh. that's that's the level of, you know, ego and worry that you have when you're a high-level athlete who's fucking genetically blessed mm. uh, with all the other attributes, good looks, muscles, money. Hook a shield necklace. Mm. You know, it's a heavy thing. It is. I didn't like it. I didn't like going bald. It was a fucking heavy transition. Oh, for fuck. It's a brutal transition. God's cruelest joke, they call it. Ugh. It really is. And, uh, yeah, it, it is a wild concept, isn't it, to, to have that kind of public unveiling of your vanity and everyone's commenting and whispering and, and you're walking down the hallways about to walk on a center court or paddle out for your heat and you can hear the whispers going and you go oh, on yeah. and you don't know if you, you are they really talking about my hairline back there is that what what are you guys sniggering at <laughs> stop that oh well that's what's going through your head I swear every time you walk past someone having a convo if they even look sideways at you like fucking those cunts talking about my bald spot the Devon mate the Devon is, a, is, is potentially uh, of God's cruelest joke that is the absolute punchline it is the Devon patch you've got oh. this Thick, luscious yeah. head of hair, and then this little fucking patch of, mm. you know, Devon is such a, a great name for it because, yeah, Devon is just that fucking noxious mystery meat that no <laughs> cunt should really eat. And it, of course, yeah. it's the th- you know, they're not calling it the pastrami patch. Nah. Well, there's the one. Pastrami patch. It's one, the fucking putrid yeah. patch on the, your scone. It's a stitch up. The Devon's bad, but I reckon there's one worse, and that's the island. That's where the. The little tuft at the front breaks away from the mainland and just hovers there like a like a little reef pass, just on its own with this wispy little fucking flagpole on it. Oh, it's a bad look. Oh, but you know, embrace you, do you? The, if you like, if you're rocking it, fucking all power to you. Like if that's my my only regret with going bald is that I shaved down too early. I should have just nick nick fucking caved it. Just brush it all back and just completely owned it. I, 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 I fucking look iconic right now if I did that smithy. Yeah, the let cave. my ego get in the way, bruh. Well, what's the what's the go? What's your take on 
the Devon patch, like, do, do you keep the Devon patch? You know, when you have the uh, the thick, luscious hair. Yeah. But with the Devon patch, uh, you know. It's, oh, it's, I love that. I reckon people who, who go for it, all for it. Because at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is what the opposite sex thinks. Mm. That, that's my take on hair. It's just like, you're basically doing this for your partner. Mm. Like, I, I, I couldn't give a fuck whether... Uh, yeah, what state my fucking lemon spread was in. That's as long as, uh, yeah, that's you know, a fair call. It's the, it's the Freudian mentality, it's right? It's a fair call, mate. And, uh, so how do chicks feel about the Devon patch? Yeah. Uh, how do they feel about the island? Yeah. How do they feel about the Reseda? Yeah. What is their take? What's their optimum look? I mean, obviously it's a, a thick and luscious Jason Momoa style head of lion's mane. Mm. But we don't all get that. No. And they don't all get Jason Momoa. But <laughs> at the same time, uh, you know, it kind of, it's a question that answers itself. There is so many involuntary celibates out there in the world busting goat loads in Skeleton Bay drainers for this exact reason, Vaughn. Ah, we could talk about it. We might have to do a special Ain't That Swell deep dive into the transition from pursuit, young, Good-looking athlete to smooth, egg-shaped, rancid, sad basket case. And surfing is a real refuge for those it is. rancid, egg-shaped basket cases because it is a place where you can go and uh, you know get your spirits up, charge the pineal where your lack of a hair follicle is largely irrelevant in this mostly male-dominated, uh, testosterone-driven environment. And you can still hold on to your credibility, your core, your self-esteem, and, you know, fuck having a family and children, a bunch of nagging, <laughs> fucking stinky-ass little squirts, bickering and demanding shit from me when you can just fuck it all off and go surfing. <laughs> I'm with you there, bruh. With you there. Tell you what, I'm going to let it grow out one of these days, Smithy. Then we'll fucking, then we'll see how we're going. Your dog. This is from Laid Back Chill, bro. Who uh, is my kind of Instagram name? He wants to know who has the best rail game. Mick, he's that fucking sick fanning, or Parko's nose. Mm, oh, it's an eternal question. It's one without really. It's, it, it almost devalues the rail game and the contributions of both surfers by comparing them at this stage of their careers, don't you think? It's Forbes uh, versus Holden. Yes. You know, it's Ferrari yeah. versus McLaren. It is. Uh, look, it, it's a polarizing debate. It's it, it's Andy it's, versus Kelly. Yeah. Uh, it's Gauguin gold- versus Van Gogh. It's it's, mm. it's it's two masters, masters of their crafts, bringing a completely different style, a different aesthetic, a different source. Uh, you know what they tap into when they're riding waves, but the exact same precision beauty. Otherworldly, fucking god, demi godness mm. to the art of rail surfing, mate. It, it's almost a, a kind of a, a, a Japanese haiku or, mm. or some kind of riddle that, that doesn't really have an answer. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've never been able to come up with any real, uh, you know, consistent take on which style I prefer. Mm. They're both just mesmerizing uh, for different ways and. I mean, yeah, it, it kind of opens the question or, or, or that same age-old problem with 
the whole concept of competitive surfing. Mm. Like, how do you compare apples and oranges? Yeah. These two styles. You know, who's getting the nod? Like, they're, they're, they're taking different lines, but equally critical, and we've just as much speed and flow. Who's better? Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. It's true, man. It's true. It's uh, it's you know, if I think about the rail surfing of Mick, I think of uh, I do think of a Formula One race car. I think of just that razor sharp, just edge precision that is just always exactly where it needs to be it's 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 flawless flawless surfing if i think about the rail surfing of parko i just think about butter i just think about oily slick smooth extended powerful fucking oh angelic surfing mate and uh yeah so i don't know he's that fucking good parko's nose Mm. should we just hold them aloft and be grateful that we got both of them in the same era. I agree. Hold them aloft or uh, maybe push them down into some kind of cage match, which they also tried in Coolangatta to separate these two greats. Mm. Uh, and that one ended with Parko knocked out cold by Mick Fenning. So maybe that's your answer. <laughs> there it is. Round two. Octagon. Goldie. See you there. Does John John Flowers have Kelly Slater's foreskin in his knee? Does Gabby shave the bits of skin that none of us can see? If you drag your filthy cone home down to the face of the old man pipe, will sparks fly from a lack of comet across the lonely night? Are the Wazel's judges crazy? Have they fucking lost the brief? Would Shane Horan take 50 grand? Over and let us leave The sweating sequences The prophets will apply So scoff your shoes and ask us a question We will speak no lies Ask us a question We'll tell you no lies Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lie.